You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. You know, today um, we're going to continue our series, and we're in a series called A Better Life, and we're talking about the Ten Commandments. Before I get into that, though, I want to share this story because I feel like God just gave me a realization this past week of, of really um, what we're talking about. Um, this is a weird question. Is anyone in here, do you enjoy um, mowing the yard or doing yard work? Anyone in here actually enjoy that? Okay, a few hands. Okay. I do. I'm, I, might, I don't know if you think that's weird or not, but I like, I enjoy going outside and mowing the yard. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. This past week, uh, I was helping uh, Leslie's parents out. They have a couple acres and they weren't able to, to mow their yard this week. And so I said, hey, I got it. I can, I can mow it. So it's two acres. And so I was using a riding lawn mower. And it was one of those days where it was super windy this past week. And as I was mowing, uh, I went around and I chose a direction I'm going to put the lines in. I'm going to go back and forth. And uh, after a couple uh, strips of going, and I mean, it's, it's, it's a long uh, two acres, the long two acres. So like the, the strips are very long. And so you're going in one direction for a long time. And one of the ways I was going is I was going back towards the house. The chute was blowing all of the grass out one side, but that's the side that the wind was coming on. And as the wind would blow it, all of this grass, and it was just dry and hot, and all of this, these little tiny pieces of grass were literally, it's like a wave of grass clippings coming back on me, getting behind my glasses, in my ears, like all over my hair. Like I was literally covered. And after about a couple strips of that, I was like, you know what? This ain't going to work. So I had to change. I just said, I'm going to change directions just a little bit so that the wind won't be blowing these clippings and making my life miserable, blowing them right back on me as I'm going for the next hour and a half that it's going to take me to mow this couple, this couple acres. I'm like, I'm going to change directions. And by doing so, I did, and I could actually enjoy my time. I could, I could worship. I could pray. I used that time to pray for you, to pray for our church. And so it was very beneficial. However, I can tell you, if I wouldn't have changed directions, it would have not have been very beneficial because I would have been so um, angry <laughs> and uh, uh, tempted to say some naughty words, if I'm being honest, okay, because of the grass clippings that were coming on me, that I would have been so distracted, I wouldn't have been able to use that time to actually enjoy it and to actually gain some ground spiritually. But God showed me as I was doing that, that this is a perfect um, example of what repentance is like. And as we're talking about the Ten Commandments, we're talking about not the commandments themselves, but the principle behind the Ten Commandments. And God has designed our world to flow in a certain way. And he says, if you'll do it in agreement with his flow, how he's designed things to work, your life will be good. But so many people, just like me mowing in a direction where all those clippings were coming back on me, I didn't stop and blame the wind and say, wind, why are you doing this? What did I need to do? I needed to adjust and go with the wind. And this is exactly what we need to, many people need to do spiritually. There's a, God's wind is blowing in this earth, in this life, but so many people are too stubborn to say, why is my life miserable? And they got these grass clippings of life that are just hitting them right in the face. Why is my life miserable? Maybe it's because I need to adjust how I'm living, how I'm thinking, how I'm operating so that my life can be a little bit better and more enjoy enjoyable and in line with God's will for my life. Does that make sense? It's really pretty simple. I just got to make some small adjustments. It's not, God, why are you causing this stuff to come on me? No, why am I going against God is really the question. Why don't I just flow with him and my life will be a whole lot better? And that's what we're talking about today. And, and um, I, I want to remind us of this. 
Many people look down on these Ten Commandments because they think they're restrictive rules, that God just wants to keep you like under his thumb and keep you in this, this control or this jail of these Ten Commandments. Um, but that's not really it. The, actual, the Ten Commandments were actually given in grace. In grace. And let me elaborate on that for a second. The Ten Commandments were given in grace. And here's how. God did not give the Ten Commandments to Israel while they were slaves in Egypt. He waited. God did not say, well, if you straighten up, if you act right, then I will deliver you from your enemies and take you to the promised land. No. What did he do? God said, I'm going to deliver you from your enemies. I'm going to bury them in the sea. Then after that, after I've saved you by my grace, I'm going to take you someplace to a promised land. I'm going to give you some principles to live by so you can live the best life possible. How? That's his grace. He didn't wait until they could straighten up. He said, no, I'm going to save you, and then I'm going to show you how to live so you can live the best life possible. The Ten Commandments contain principles for living a better life. That's what we're talking about. So today we're talking about the Third Commandment. And the principle behind the third commandment is this, keep God's name holy. Keep God's name holy. And that's what we're talking about today. So let's read it in in context. Exodus 20 verse 7 says this, you shall not take the name, everyone say the name, the name name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The name, his name, that's what we're focusing on today. Why is the name of God such a big deal? In order for us to realize, okay, we can understand we shouldn't take it in vain. And we'll talk about what that means in just a second. But why? That's what, this is where we get the principles behind the Ten Commandments. Why is God saying this? Why is it so important that I respect and have a reverence for the name of God in everything that I do? And it's point number one on your notes. If you have a note-taking card, it, it's simply this. The name of the Lord is the Lord. <laughs> I'm gonna, that may not be good grammar, but I'm going to break that down in just a second here, okay? The name of the Lord is the Lord. The name of the Lord is the Lord. The name of the Lord is interchangeable of the Lord many, many times in Scripture. And it's actually a very fascinating study because I guarantee there are probably some scriptures that maybe you've memorized or maybe you've heard before. And when you say them, you say the name of the Lord, but you are just thinking of the Lord himself. And that's God's desire, is that when you hear the name of the Lord, that you would think of him. You would think of him. Uh, Another way of looking at it is like this. The name of the Lord is his character, in fact, we do that quite a bit, right? If you are, um, have you ever said, well, that guy or that business, uh, they have a bad name in the community, right? We're not talking about how they have a, a, a dumb last name or something. That's not what we're saying. What? They have a bad name. What? They have a bad reputation. They got bad character. Their character is a little sketch, right? Like I wouldn't do business with them. They have, they have a bad name. It's the same mindset spiritually with the things of God. So I'm going to show you a few verses that maybe you've heard before, and we're going to look at how it says the name of the Lord, but many of us, we will just assume that it might say, or that it does say the Lord. So let's look at this first one here, Proverbs 18.10. This might be the most popular one. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The Lord is a strong tower? Yes and no. (laughs) Yes, he is. But what do we run to? The name of the Lord. There's a fascinating emphasis on all of these scriptures, and I only have a handful. You could could 
If you do a study this week, it's pretty fascinating. You can see how many times, instead of just saying the Lord, God's word says the name of the Lord. It's, it's vital. It's important. There's an interesting one. In, in um, John 17, Jesus prays, and look at how he uses this, this verse right here. John 17, verse 6. Jesus is praying. He says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me. Manifested. What is it? I have made known. I have shown. I have proven. I have um, put it into action. What? God? Yes, but your name. He's talking to God. Your name. I've made known your name. Interesting. Let's continue on. Romans 10, 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the Lord, yes and no, right? It's interchangeable. The name of the Lord shall be saved. John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Must be important, right? Must be important to understand the emphasis and the weight of the name of God. Why is it so important? Because it's representing God's character himself. It is him. When you see the name of the Lord, when you pray in the name of the Lord, you are putting that stamp, and it is a holy stamp, a righteous stamp saying, God is praying this. God, let it be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me see it through. The name, it holds an incredible amount of weight. Ephesians 2.9 says this, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him, Jesus, the name which is above every name. The name which is above every name. Why is it important for us to keep the name of God holy? We're going to look at a few different ways here in just a second, but simply put, because it is a representation of God himself. It's the same way that um, I wouldn't let someone talk badly about my wife using her name. If they were making false accusations, if they were uh, you know, misrepresenting her, if they were uh, uh, doing some type of fraud in her name, am I okay with that? Absolutely not. Why? I'm in covenant relationship with her. And I will protect her name because I know her name doesn't just represent her. It represents all of her, her character, her reputation, who she is, the name. Same way that I would fight to defend my wife's name is the same way that I need to fight to defend the name, the holy name of my Lord. So let's look at it. Here's two ways. Two ways we take the Lord's name in vain. So here's the thing. We need to identify how do we do this (laughs) so then we can know how do we not take the Lord's name in vain? Two ways. The first one is this. This is the most popular way, through our words. Through our words. This may seem like common sense, but I'm going to show you a few different examples that maybe you haven't thought of before. I think this is uh, pretty fascinating. Uh, through our words. The first way through our words, is, I have like three little subpoints in here. The first way through our words is this, through our prayers. Through the words of our prayers, we can take the Lord's name in vain. In fact, this is what James chapter 4, verse 3 says this. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Your pleasures. Selfish prayers are a way of us taking the Lord's name in vain. Because we are exalting our will above the will of God. And we're saying, no, I don't want God, I don't want what you want. I see the situation from my perspective, my earthly perspective, and I think I know more than you. 
I think if you would just give me that promotion or give me that job, that it would all work out how I want it to. And what are we doing in doing that? We make ourselves the Lord of our life. And, and God, we already talked about this, God will be second to no one. He, he'll be second to no one. We try to use it for our will. But here's the opposite of that. Here's the opposite of using God's name the appropriate way. In John 16, 24, it says this. Jesus says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. You see, this is why it's important to look at the principle behind the commandment. Because many times we can look at the commandment and we'll say, well, God's just giving me another uh, something to not do. Don't, don't do this, right? But God is saying in, in the principle behind it, he's saying, no, if you will keep my name holy and if you will pray according to my name, which is my will, which is my character, your joy will be full. We, many times we stop, though, at don't take God's name in vain. Rather than the principle behind it is keep it holy. So why don't when I pray, I pray in agreement with God's will so I can see it come to pass. Do you see how it's not just a don't? He's saying, no, I'm showing you the principle so that if you will, what? You will live a better life. So we can take the Lord's name in vain through our prayers. Here's the second way. The words of our prophecy. So the words of our prayers, the words of our prophecy. Look at this verse right here, Ezekiel twenty-two twenty-eight. Her prophets plastered them with untempered mortar, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, thus says the Lord God, when the Lord had not spoken. There's a lot of these verses um, that talk about the, the prophets missing it. They were speaking on behalf of God and God was looking at them saying, uh, nope, I, did not, I didn't say that. I didn't send you. I don't want them to do that. In fact, I'm going to do the opposite of that. There's story after story after story. This is just one verse that we're looking at here. But I'm showing you this because this happens in the church today. This happens in the church today. And I'm going to set some, somebody free here today on something. Hear me in this. Some people have an opinion, but they will tell you their opinion and follow it with, thus says the Lord. Okay? Some people want to be used by God so much. They may operate in a gift of prophecy, but they want to be used so much that they think, if I don't have a word for somebody today, then God's not using me. I must be missing you. I must not be close with God. Rather than walking in his grace. Yeah, we should pursue spiritual gifts. That's biblical. However, you're not always going to operate every single moment of every day having a word for every person you see. So you may have someone who comes up and says, I have a word for you. That's a good thing. But <laughs> you need to always, anytime I feel like I have a word for somebody or anytime someone gives me a word, here's a great question to ask. Does this ring true with my spirit? Does it ring true with my spirit? Here's why. The Holy Spirit in me is going to confirm or deny the word that is spoken to me. And I've talked to several um, other pastors. My pastor growing up, when he was just getting started, and, and he had a, another pastor, a very influential pastor in, in, um, that he looked up to, he came up and he spoke a word over him. Another pastor I was leading thousands of people. And that word was a heavy word that was not from God, even though he said it was. And there was this spiritual heaviness that followed him around for weeks until he realized God showed him that word wasn't from me. Get rid of it. Get it off your shoulders. Give it to me and move forward. 
But it's amazing how sometimes even pastors, this is why if I have a word for somebody, I always tell them, if that rings true to your spirit, receive it. If not, you can throw it out. And I have to have the boldness and the, and the, uh, the maturity as a believer to understand I may not always get it right. And let me show you this in scripture because I've talked to other people. I will say, well, you need to ask that question. And, uh, I, you know, I've had prophets come back at me and say, well, no, if it's from God, you just need to receive it. Well, let's see what God's word says. First Thessalonians 5.19 says this. This is so good. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. Okay, here's a couple ditches. Someone says they have a prophecy. Someone says they have a word and immediately you, you reject it and you shut it down. No, you're no prophet. Don't scoff, okay? But also don't be in this ditch. Well, if they said it and they're a prophet, it must be true. Let's find the middle of the road, which is what scripture says. Don't scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. So whenever, when someone gives you a word from the Lord, okay, there's this old country saying that, that says this, eat the hay, spit out the sticks. <laughs> eat the hay, spit out the sticks. Meaning what? Test it. And if it rings true with your spirit, if the Holy Spirit in you is saying, yes, yes, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Yes, that's a word for you. Yes, then receive it. If not, you, need to, you, you don't have to be mean about it. Hey, thank you so much. But you can reject that in private later on, okay? You can get rid of it in private later on. But you need to test it. How do we test it? Test it most importantly with God's word, right? If it's anything that's going against God's word, going against his, his promises for you, anything that's anti-God's word, that's, that sticks. That's garbage. Get it out of here, okay? If it's in line with God's word, then that's when you test, Holy Spirit, show me. Is that word really from you? Is that, is that something that I need to receive, that I need to, to, to move on? Because sometimes it's a big decision. Do I need to pursue that, say yes to that? What do I need to do? So let me bring some balance to the spiritual gifts. Don't scoff at prophecies. God is still speaking to people today. God still wants to speak to someone who will speak to you in a word from him today that has not passed away. He still uses spiritual gifts. However, don't get into one ditch where you just reject it all and don't get into the other ditch where you just receive it all. And it may be some demonic spirit that's trying to come on you to, to wane you. No, find the middle of the ground. I receive it, but I'm gonna test all things. Test everything that is said. How? God's word through the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we can use and we can, um, we can take the Lord's name in vain. How? Through the words of our prophecy. When I do what the prophets of old said and say, God said this when he did not say that. So you may have a word for somebody, but also in yourself, you need to make sure, is this from God or is this from me? Tread lightly because we can use his name in vain. And the last one is this, the, the words of our daily speech. So we're still in the words, the words of our daily speech. Leviticus 19 verse 12 says this, you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Our society completely undervalues the name of God at such a disgusting level. But it's so common that many believers just receive it and do the same thing. So let me talk about a few things briefly here. Um, one question I, I like to raise is this. What other religion do we use their God's name as profanity? Right? How amazing then, even if you're looking from the outside looking in, it's pretty obvious who is really in a spiritual war. 
whose God is really the real God. It's the one that is always somehow being bashed because there's a spiritual enemy that will do whatever he can do to get you to break the principles behind the Ten Commandments. No other religion. One commentator said it this way. We use his name in vain when we express surprise with God's name. Meaning this, when I say the phrase, oh my God, oh my God. But how many times is that just, when we use OMG like we use LOL, it's everywhere. And we don't, hear me in this, this, I'm going to this may feel a little heavy for a second, but I have some hope at the end of today's message, okay? Um, hear me in this. We've become so, de- we've so devalued the name of God, thinking it's just a word. Yet we just looked at scripture that told us that the name of God is what? God. I would never do that to my spouse. I would never treat my spouse's name like a curse word or someone that I love like a curse word, my son's name like a curse word. But many times we do that to our Heavenly Father. We do that to our God, our living God. It's perspective. I've got to take a step back and I've got to ask, how have my words been lately? Because culture will filter and make you okay and make you soft to the things that God says are not okay. You shall not swear by my name, nor profane the name of your God. Another one is, is this. When we use the, the words GD, I'm not going to say it, obviously. Where we judge someone, right, based on that phrase, GD, or something, and we just throw it around. I can't tell you how, <laughs> how many times I've been on the golf course with people, maybe I get paired with randomly or people that I know, and they hit a bad golf shot, and they'll say, GD it. And I'm thinking to myself, how irreverent. Many times believers, many times Christians, but that we would use God's name, his holy name, as a way to respond to a bad golf shot. Here's what the problem in all of this. When I choose to let my words take his name in vain, I have a problem with pride. I don't humble myself to realize his name is his character. His name is who he is. His name is his reputation. I need to check myself. Who am I to say his name in such a way? That's the question. So we've got to watch our words. We've got to watch how we say things. Here's number two, the last point for today. The second way that we take his name in vain is through our actions. We take his name in vain through our actions, through our actions. And this is the one that dives a little bit deeper into the principle behind this because let's look back at our key verse, Exodus 20, verse 7. It says this, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Take, a more accurate translation of that, or a little bit better translation would be to lift up, or even better, to carry So it literally, in the original language, would be do not carry the Lord's name in vain. As you go through your life, as you're carrying his name on you and with you, do not carry the Lord's name in vain. So let's do a little history lesson. When Israel went into exile around 594 BC, the reason they went into exile was because they profaned the name of God. 
They profaned his name. So here's what's amazing is a few years later in 600 BC, the Jewish people stopped pronouncing the name of God altogether and many still won't today. They won't pronounce it. They won't even write it. I, they, they will, some, many will, today, they won't even spell G-O-D. They will spell, they'll use a G dash D. Why? Because they, they do not want to profane his holy name. They see it as such a holy thing, as, as who he is and how it attaches to him and his character, and they won't even touch it or say it. But how far we've come in our civilization, in our culture, that we just throw it around. Every movie's got it in there. But here's what's interesting, is they weren't just profaning his name by saying it. They were actually profaning his name by the way that they lived when they were exiled. So they had his name, the name of God on them, but they were still worshiping idols or they began to worship idols. And the people of the land could not tell the difference between the people that knew God and the people that did not know God. How they lived profaned his name. This applies directly to our culture today. One of the greatest ways you profane the name of God is by calling yourself Christ-like yet you do not live like Christ. Let me say that again. One of the greatest ways to profane the name of God is to call yourself Christ-like, yet you do not live like Christ. Am I asking, or is God's word asking us to live perfect? No. But do we live transformed, repentive, meaning what? We turned our ways that we talked about. We're not going with the the mower blowing on us again. We've turned our ways. We're moving with God. Yes, that's how we're commanded to live. Look at Titus 1.16. It says this, New Living. People claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I know God. But everyone at work watches me, and, and by my walk, by my actions, I deny my Savior by how I live my life. They're detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. Look at Philippians 2.15. So what's the commandment then? Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shine like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. To call ourselves believers and then be afraid of someone of the world would not accept us or they'd make fun of us because we want to live pure and holy is to take the Lord's name in vain. I carry his name, yet I'm too afraid of what someone might think. If I'm a prude or I'm not going to do that or I choose not to go there And because I'm afraid of what they might think, I deny him by the way that I live. Rather than I carry his name as a banner with me everywhere that I go. We've got to remember the name of the Lord is the Lord. We keep his name holy by watching our words and watching our actions. Let's look back at our key verse, Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. I told you I was going to give you some hope at the end here, okay? (laughs) The Lord will not hold him guiltless. Maybe during this message you thought, well, I'm in trouble. I've said a lot. I've done a lot that has taken the Lord's name in vain. And you're sitting there thinking, I'm I'm in big trouble. Because guiltless means this, to go without punishment. That's what it's saying. But let me leave you with some good news today. This is the grace of our God that he always provides a way of escape. 
when I do some of the dumbest things and I make the worst decisions, he has a way of escape. In Romans 3, it says that Christ took our punishment. So though the commandment of old was he won't see you guiltless, he won't let you go unpunished, here's the thing. You may have taken the Lord's name in vain. I've taken the Lord's name in vain. You may have deserved punishment. However, if you put your faith in Jesus, Jesus says, I've already taken the punishment. And though you've messed up and though you've taken my name in vain, though you've abused my name, trying to do things in my, in my name, he says, look, if you will repent, if you will come clean, if you will put your faith in Jesus, Jesus says, give it to me. Give me the punishment that you should have, like, like the guilt that you have. Ask for forgiveness. But the commandment of Jesus and his grace is always the same. Go and sin no more. Don't go back out this afternoon and continue to use his name in vain. That's abusing the grace of God. The grace of God is that invitation to live righteously. He's saying, go, change what you need to change. If you're on the mower of life, change that angle a little bit. Don't let this garbage, the destruction come back on you. Just change and go with the flow, the the breeze that God is breezing through your life. Go with him. And if you do, you will experience his goodness. But how do we practically do that, right? Like how do I practically keep myself from taking his name in vain? How do I practically keep his name holy, the principle behind it all? Psalm 113 verse three says this, from the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. Here's the simple answer. Live in constant worship of your holy God and you will keep his name holy. When you do everything with him in mind, when you wake up and you say, God, thank you for breath in my lungs today. Thank you for a new day. Thank you that your mercies are new today. God, thank you for health today. Thank you for my family today. When you start your day with thanksgiving and with praise, what happens? I humble myself and I exalt his name, and I keep his name, which is him, at a holy level. And I dive into his word, and I worship him, and I pray to him, and I commune with him. And as I do that throughout my day, as I'm driving, as I'm going onto the job site, I can't tell you how many times I pray or pray in the spirit when I'm mowing the yard, when I'm about to walk into a meeting, when I'm getting ready to get on a phone call, even if it's a simple phone call, if it's a good phone call, God, guide my words. Help me represent you well. Hop on the phone call. Go into the meeting. Go to the job site. When I acknowledge him from the rising of the sun to the going down, what am I doing? I'm keeping him holy. And I'm keeping him in his place. And by doing so, I'm keeping me in my place. Humbled, low, compared to a holy God. And his blessing of that better life will come upon you. And you'll live in such a way that just like it was so frustrating when I was mowing and the grass was blowing back on me, you'll learn to live in a way where you'll go with God. And life can be enjoyable. And you don't have to have destruction and those annoyances. Yeah, they're gonna come from time to time. But continue to realign with the direction that God is going. And if you'll do that, you can keep his name holy. Let's be the type of people that live by God's word so much that we can actually say, in the world, in the city, can actually say, Abide Church is a bright light full of, in a world, in a city full of crooked and perverse people in a dark world. 
Let's live in such a way where we keep his name holy, and by doing so, we can carry his name with us and represent him well. Because I can tell you this, when you do that, God will use you more in your personal life than you could ever imagine. You may never get up here and preach a message. You may never, uh, you may never you know, lead worship or, do, or something like that. But can I tell you, throughout your day, when you keep his name holy, he knows that he can trust you. And when you're having that conversation with someone over the phone, he knows that he can speak through you to someone. He knows that when you're praying for somebody, he can use your prayer to bring the answer. Why? Because you've humbled yourself and you've kept him in his holy place. God is good and his 10 commandments are not these rules. They're simply principles and guidelines and God's saying, if you will just do these things, these principles, I promise you, you're gonna live a much better life. And he's just saying, trust me. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these principles that you've given us in this life, Lord, so that we can live a better life, the life you've called us to. And I just pray, Lord, that as we go, as we take your word, as we put it in our heart, as we put it into action, help us watch our words, help us watch our actions to keep you holy because you deserve it. You are a holy God. You are a righteous God. You are a just God. You are the one true God. And let us never bring you down or try to put you in a place with other gods or other things or just common language. Help us watch our words and our actions to represent you well. And God, thank you that as we do it, as we worship you, as we praise you, from the sun up to sundown, I thank you that you are going to have your hand on our life and bless us, give us favor, and give us your wisdom in everything that we do. And we thank you that we will see the goodness of the Lord. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.